0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of the Scottish Premiership's return after the international break. Michael Beale says he doesn't need to seek assurances over his job security and reveals an injury to Todd Cantwell. Will we see any of Celtic's late transfer window signings make their debuts against Dundee tomorrow? And Derek McInnes is looking forward to opposing Nick Montgomery in his first game as Hibs boss after last meeting in the Battle of Bramall Lane. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. A weekend of must-win games and must-not-lose matches. If Michael Beale drops anything against St Johnston tomorrow, that creaking roof above his head could cave in, assuming Celtic beat Dundee later in the day. Nick Montgomery would love an away win at Kilmarnock to kickstart his Hibs career. And Stephen Naismith and Barry Robson both need a positive result at Tynecastle when Hearts take on Aberdeen. Short fuse Saturday, Kenny. Yeah, and I can't wait for it, Hugh. Absolutely can't. It seems like a lifetime ago that the old firm game was. <laughs> it, honestly, you know the international breaks are always are always good. Uh, obviously, Scotland ha- flying high at the moment. A brilliant result against Cyprus, uh, and it came up against a real juggernaut against England on Tuesday night. But cannot wait for the domestic action to kick back into gear tomorrow. Come on, then. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. As Kenny says, international breaks have got better over the last few years for sure. Uh, and a particularly good one this time last week. Uh, this time, yeah, last week when Scotland got the the competitive victory uh, they were looking for. But I know there are so many of you that just sit in cold storage and wait for the domestic stuff to return. So now is your chance. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. As Hugh Keevan says, we banned that phrase around about must win games. How do you feel about tomorrow at McDermott Park lunchtime, Rangers fans? How important, quantify it for us, how big, how important, how much of a must win. Some very interesting comments from Michael Beale today saying he's not been seeking assurances about his job security. Says he doesn't need to, he's part of a big plan, uh, understands fan frustrations. What do you make of those comments? Uh, And what do you make of the news that Todd Cantwell is going to miss around three or four weeks due to injury? It's a very busy period this for Rangers. How big a blow is that going to be? How do you see his absence being handled? All the usual questions around those situations. 0141-951-1025. Celtic fans, it might be a bit early to see Lewis Palmer, given that he's been uh, you know, away on international duty, but might that be a possibility, a debut? Nat Phillips, for instance, what are you hoping to take from a home game against Dundee? Two informed teams. Two teams going for Champions League football between Motherwell and St Mirren at Fir Park tomorrow. So again, all your thoughts. Whatever it is that's on your mind this weekend, now is the time and this is the place to share them. 01419511025. Cannot wait for tomorrow, Hugh. No, the reaction to Michael Beale has been venomous and savage. And he knows that too. Uh, because his demeanour today in his press conference I thought was different to the normal Michael Beale, less outward going. If he loses tomorrow at Perth, he's he's a goner. The Rangers fans will not tolerate a defeat if Celtic win and increase their lead at the top after just five games. He cannot drop anything. Even a draw, I think, would be a disastrous result for him. So it's quite straightforward. He has to win tomorrow 
and go on taking life game by game, day by day. So it's an, it's an actual bona fide must win then, yeah. according to Hugh Keevans. I wonder what you make of that, Rangers fans. Do you agree or disagree? Let us know. I mean, I know it's good fun to disagree with them, but maybe <laughs> maybe one or two of you will be on board. So give us a call right now if you can on the usual number. Is it that big, Kenny? It is. Yeah. It absolutely is, yeah. I mean, Hugh puts it, for me, absolutely correctly. Yeah. Uh, any drop points and I just think the the ground will just come away from Michael Beale uh, tomorrow. Uh, and I don't like saying it, but I think everybody inside the building will know it. I know he says he doesn't need to seek assurances and I don't think he does because he knows exactly what he needs to do. He needs to go through not only tomorrow, but it starts tomorrow. They then have a Europa League game against best, then it's Motherwell, then it's Livingston in the Cup, then you've got Aberdeen and St Mirren domestically, and again, Aris will be in there in the Europa League as well. That's the seven games before the next international break. Domestically, it has to be five runs out of five for me, because I think the next drop points coupled with Celtic continuing on their... Uh, if they, if they continue to win their games, I just think at this stage of the season it's going to be too big a points gap for anybody to, anybody to mm. accept. Fan, board member, and I think, uh, yep, yeah, so it all starts tomorrow. They've had two weeks now to dust themselves down after a really tough week, and it was billed as a massive week. This is a massive week. Yeah. You know, St Johnston, Betis and Motherwell. Domestically, it has to be six points out of six, and it starts with the toughest game they could get at home. Right, get your calls in then, 01419511025. Whilst you do that, let's hear from Michael Beale because it was a very interesting press conference. It had one real theme and that was, was him and his, and his future and his, his job. Uh, but he says he does not need assurances from the Ibrox board about his future. Listen, I don't need assurances. I'm part of a, a plan in terms of where we're going as a club. It's something that I'm fully aware and involved in. And ultimately, a football manager needs to win games of football. In the last two, we didn't win, so we need to get back to winning. And, and we've got, what is it, seven games in 22 days now, so there's a good opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, naturally, I speak to uh, James Bisgrove every day. I speak to John Bennett and other members of the board at least two or three times a week as normal, so nothing's changed in that respect. We've uh, we've sat and discussed this first period up to the September international break, and like we do at all the international breaks, it's a chance for reflection for us. What do you make of that, Tom, who's from Guruk but is in Lanzarote? Oh, right, Tom, don't oh, rub it lovely. in. Good evening, panel. <laughs> uh, love is, I absolutely love it, showing You've got two of my favourite pundits, Hugh oh. Evans and Kenny Miller. I remember Kenny Miller. I always remember coming back for a golf day and Kenny scoring, uh, winning the Scottish Cup, 29 men against St Mount and Kenny scored the winner. Ah, he was all right, to be fair. It was fair, an incredible Tom. day, that, yep. yeah. Absolutely incredible day. Right, yeah, after that, let's all follow each other. Go on. Right. Uh, no, pity about Scotland game, but I thought, you know, they'd they done what they could at the time. You know, it was, it was always going to be a tough shout, really. It was really a bit of a tough shout. Just to think what the panel think. I think sometimes you overhype things because we're really, really good at uh, losing badly. We, 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 you know, <laughs> we lose, we lose, and we're used to losing. But we went on this run, and I think we will qualify. I don't, I don't think there's any ifs buts about it. I think we will seriously qualify for this competition, which will be great. You know, it'll really be good. But. That's, that's my first point. Do you think when the panel thinks of the first point, then I'll go into my second point? But we'll make it quick, Hugh, because you know, we yeah, we've, yeah, said, we've yeah. said a lot this week about it. But Quite straightforward, I agree. Uh, we will qualify, we will be in uh, Germany uh, next summer. With regard to England, they are much better than we are, and that's why they won 3-1. Mm -hmm. 
What was your other point, Tom? You know, for kind of switching focus back to the the domestic football. I think your Rangers is your team. What are you thinking about tomorrow? Yeah, well, tomorrow I, th- I think it's a bit okay. I, I think Michael is on that last game. I thought he gets tactics a bit wrong, you know, but. Apart from it, I mean, it's, I think it's a bit early to call for his head, as some people are. I think it's time the, the, the Rangers players, as Kenny would know, it's time they really stood up tomorrow and put on a show for the guy. Because I think by the end of the month, he's got four, four really, really important games. But he need, I think he really needs to put on a show tomorrow and win convincingly tomorrow, take a bit of heat off and then get into the next game, you know, Obviously for the Europa, uh, and it's four really important games, and I think the board will look at him by the end of the month. But I think give the guy a chance, give the players an old time to jail. Kenny will know this, but people come in. I look at Mark Healy all these years ago. You know, I'm not far off a choose uh, choose can age. You know, so <laughs> how, how far off? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, about four or five years. <laughs> Mark um, Healy took six months to settle in. You know, give, give him. You know, it, it's different language. It's a different, you know, uh, different weather. You've got to sell it in houses, but yeah. it's time that they've got to stand up. And but you're absolutely them. correct about Mark Healy, and I remember it very well. Um, you know, Graham Sooners issuing pleas for calm, but Mark wasn't the manager. And with regard to Michael Beale, he says he's part of a plan, and he knows it. Well, no. You're part of a plan until the club revise the plan. And it all depends on your result. And, you know, of course, in an ideal world, the players all rise to the challenge tomorrow. However, he brought them in. And if they don't rise to the challenge, he gets the blame. Um, and on that, Kenny, I thought it was interesting. I need to go back and listen again. I felt like there was maybe a, a, contra- a contradictory point to this one made later on in the press conference. But he did say... He referenced how many training sessions the team had had now and how many games, I think, is it nine games? Yep. Nine games in total. And oh, I can't remember the figure. I think it was 40-something sessions. He yep. said it to make the point that it's now time to not really give people excuses about you not know, being early or whatever in the season. Yeah, I know. And uh, and I get, I know exactly what you're getting at because I listened to it and, I, and I, I heard that exact same point further down the line after those, those comments. But it's right, and I'm glad Tones brought it up. Because there's been a lot of time spent, there's been a lot of work done, and like Michael's referenced himself, it is now time to stand up. And when the players cross the white line, you know, the manager can deploy the tactics, he can pick the team, he can he can get the game plan sorted. Players need to go and take responsibility and carry things out on mm-hmm. the pitch, you know, and it's it's time. These players, these new players in particular, and some old players as well, they've been given a brilliant responsibility and opportunity to play for a wonderful club. And when they cross that white line, it's about making good decisions and actually affecting the games. And uh, like Tom says, they need to stand up and show that tomorrow. So here's the thing, Tom, because I would, I, I like it when people are patient and calm and you've said that, you know, it's too early to be calling for the manager's head. Does that patience extend to two o'clock tomorrow if Rangers don't win though? Oh, I think if Rangers don't win, which I think they will, uh, well, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, my toes crossed, everything crossed, but I think they will. But they've got to win comfortably. It, it, it can't be like a 1-0. I mean, Kenny's pulled on the jersey umpteen times, you know. Kenny knows what it is. When you pull on that jersey, and I always remember, the, I'm trying to remember the game, but it was a actually phoned in so many years ago when it was a... Uh, Hugh, actually, you used to give it a prize. It was a phone I won. 
because I came <laughs> across to the best. It was you, yeah, picked me as, a, you know, that was the best call, uh, phone-in at that particular time because, as, as I say, as, uh, Walter Smith was the manager of the thing. Once they cross that line, it's up to the players. He can only do so much. And once they cross that line tomorrow... They have got to give 110% I like this notion you, that you've, you're giving out Nokia's as a, to, to the best caller need to revise that competition bring it back um, Listen, the, the, that the get, I kind of get is that, is, that, is that just sum up then the importance of tomorrow because yeah. you're, we're talking about tonight is it is it too early but that opinion can completely change in you know what 20 hours time in the world of football the fans will say if anything goes wrong tomorrow and a draw to use my own mm -hmm. phrase, is a disaster and a defeat's a catastrophe. If anything goes wrong tomorrow, the fans will simply say, well, you signed them and they're not yeah. good enough and it's your fault. Do we, because it's so important, and I'm asking this genuinely, it's not loaded in any way, do we build this stuff up too much? Rangers will be still such overwhelming favourites to go to St. Johnston and win tomorrow. Are we overlooking the fact that they could very easily go up there deal with it? Quite comfortably and, and move on to the next one and, and they should You know And that's not being disrespectful at all I mean to St Johnson Who actually went to Celtic Park And, and, and held Celtic to An all nil draw So uh, They should go up It won't be easy I think and, cause it's, and it won't be easy Because No team ever makes it easy For the old firm When they come to town And when you feed in everything All the outside noise That's surrounding Michael Beale And Rangers And the performances And the new signings At the moment It won't be easy But that's when these players Need to stand up And be counted Thank you to Tom Enjoy Lanzarote Tom great to hear from from you, uh, what about Craig? A bit closer to home. I think Lanzarote's quite like Knightswood, so it's <laughs> different times of year. Um, Craig, Tom was quite patient there about Michael Beale. How do you feel about him heading into tomorrow? Um, my belief on Michael Beale is he does need to win tomorrow. I agree with you for one thing, <laughs> he needs to win because if not, it's, it's three defeats on the trot, which isn't good enough for Rangers manager. Well, it was Walter Smith who said. Really... You remember, Craig, that it was Walter Smith who said three matches mm. separate you yeah. from a crisis at Rangers. And you're right, if he, if he lost tomorrow, yeah. I, I don't think he will. However, the last thing he needs is one of my predictions at the <laughs> moment. But if yeah, he lost exactly. tomorrow, there'd be no way back. I do, I do always think, though, just quickly, Kenny, um, that sometimes the context. Of those fixtures It must be about more than that Because one of them Is a Champions League game Against an, op an opponent Who is better than you The other one Is about as hard A domestic game As you can face In Celtic So there's no shame In those two results And then you add, you, you add on St Johnston It can't be just Those three games You know if Rangers Had been absolutely Flying up until that point You'd survive the three games Which they're not Exactly And, that, and, and some of it Even goes back to last season it goes back to last season in the big games because Michael's touched on it as well. The domestic form last year was actually really, really good. You know, from the time we came in in November to the end of the season, the points gained, the points total was very, very good. Again, is it the only time in however many years that Rangers wouldn't have won the league with the points total they finished up with last season? So it was good. But this season, you start with a defeat. You then kind of get a couple of wins as you go. Then you lose two big games in a week, which was billed as a massive week. But it was also the performances before that weren't great. The new signings hadn't hit the ground running and it does take time. You know, Tom, previous caller, was alluding back to Mark Cately, an absolute legend of the club who took time to settle. You only don't need to look to one of the biggest legends for the other side who did take a little bit of time to settle as well. So it's... Uh, 
it does take time for some players and at the moment unfortunately probably eight mm. out of the nine new signings are, have just not settled and performed at the top of their game as yet but Craig you're pretty clear tomorrow what, must win must not yeah, I, mean, must is win. A, I mean is a draw enough what, what, what are we talking here uh, no not against no. St Johnson I don't doesn't matter if it's McDermott Park or Ibrox the fact that we've been beat by Celtic at Ibrox we need to claw that back by winning winning against St Johnson and that's where I would contradict your theory ever so slightly, mm. Gordon, because when Rangers or Celtic lose five goals to anyone, uh, it's unacceptable in the eyes of the supporters. Therefore, what happened against PSV didn't go down well with the fans. And then they played Celtic with 50,000 Rangers supporters and not a Celtic fan in the ground on a day when Celtic finished the, the match with a back four who will never, ever, ever mm -hmm. be in those positions again. And Rangers still couldn't lay a glove on them. So that's unacceptable. You you heard and you saw the reaction of the fans. It was incredible. And that's why I say tomorrow a draw is enough to put them in deep, deep well, trouble. The, the point I'm trying to make is though, if Michael Beale had it's because he's also got not that much goodwill in the tank prior to that. That's the yeah. like I know what you're saying, but not every three games is the same. If you if you went and failed to beat St Johnston Livingston and Ross County that's obviously worse than those three games is the point I'm trying to make but to come almost come back and agree with you this stuff is is, is bigger than the three games yeah. it must be by all accounts the reaction at full time uh, on the day that Celtic oh. played at Ibrox uh, with regard to the occupants of the director's box was quite something now the men in the suits don't like being sitting ducks for fans no and if anything goes wrong tomorrow, they're back in the shooting gallery and Michael Beale will pay for it. Thank you to Craig. Good time to get involved because I can sense you might be agreeing, disagreeing somewhere in between with what you've heard already. So get your calls over 0141 951 1025. So would you rather spend your Friday night with than Hugh Evans and Kenny Miller? 01419511025. Get your calls in and we'll look ahead to the return of Premiership action. Has felt like a long couple of weeks. Looking forward to getting stuck back in. Uh, on the phones, we've got Billy, who's just along the road in Clyde Bank. How's it going, Billy? Hey, Gordon, how are you doing? Thanks good. very much for putting my call through. A pleasure, Billy. What's your point um, tonight? I'm glad to get back to normality and say there is international nonsense. <laughs> it won't be that. Listen, Billy, it won't be that when Hugh Keevens has got his leather hosing on next <laughs> summer, believe me. But anyway, what are you thinking about your team then tomorrow? Well, I've actually got two points, but I want to put one each of the pundits. Go for it. If you don't mind. Go for it. Um, to, to, hang me. to Kenny, I would like to say, obviously I listened to the, the speech today from Mr Beale. And uh, and uh, the injury. Oh, Todd Cantwell. To Todd Cantwell. And uh, what was actually happening with Rangers team with the injuries? You know, what I mean, the players. How are they getting injured so much? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kenny. Look, this is a question that keeps coming up. I think he's injured in that tangle with um, Maeda at the end of the yep. the game. Maeda comes in and, and sort of throws in the show. Cantwell kind of leaves a leg in as he goes down. He tries to play on. I think that's the that's the incident. Is, is, can you can you link that to any of the others? I know because Rangers fans do get frustrated that it feels like yeah. everybody's injured all the time. Well, well, the one guy who is making his comeback has probably been one 
of frustration Tom Lawrence mm-hmm. because when he came in last year he really hit the ground running and it didn't seem like it was uh, it was going to be a long term injury initially and then he ended up missing the whole season so that one is a, a definitely a source of frustration for the Rangers fans considering you, like Rangers needed him you know he was a good player he had started well similar to Cantwell actually so hopefully Cantwell's is not bad I think it's a different scenario it seems to be like a, a, an impact injury it's not going to be too long and again listening to Michael today didn't seem like he was mm-hmm. overly concerned. Listen, he'll, be, he'll miss him, that's for sure, because as much as of, he's not been at the same form as what he showed at the end of last season, but I still think he's been probably one of their best players over the over the first nine games of the season, he, so he'll be missed. But, uh, sorry, Lawrence coming back in could maybe just fill that position that he's taken mm-hmm. up. You could hardly say it's peculiar to Rangers. Nabrowski, Cameron Carter-Vickers, mm-hmm. Abada, Tilio, Welsh, mm-hmm. all at Celtic yeah. Park, that's, all that's, out for long periods of time. That seems like, but that, I think this, the thing with Rangers seems to go back a bit further with this group of players. You're right, Celtic have, have hit their really bad patch of luck right now. Yep. For Rangers, it seems like obviously, well, Tom Lawrence is a Hadji good example. Was a Kamar Roof, ones, Kamar Roof for the last couple of, yeah, um, yep. kind of stretching back to last season, it just became a thing, you know, like a theme. I mean, you're right, Celtic have them just now, of course. But, um, do you know what I found like, and I, I get we're in an era where you, you overanalyze everything and then you add social media to the mix, so you, you start, you're right, Michael Beale did seem quite relaxed and he did say it was what three or four yeah. weeks, and he might already be kind of, you're already 12, 13 days, right? Yeah, yeah. And then did you see Todd Cantwell's Instagram? He posted on Instagram saying, thank you all for the continued support and messages. I'll be back as soon as I can. It's not so straightforward, but for now I'll be with you all as a fan. It's very that a bit strange language if you were only missing another three weeks, but I, I, like I say, over over analysis on my part, perhaps. Yeah, listen, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be he'll want to get back as soon as possible. Mm. His team needs him. It's in a moment where, again, he put something out on social media uh, after the Celtic game about speaking up mm-hmm. after these types of defeats and things well listen that's great Rangers Football Club needs you on the pitch he's unfortunate he's under at the moment so I'm sure he'll be chomping yeah. at the bit to get back because if that's three weeks from now that does seem quite straightforward to yeah. me yeah. to a layman like me uh, you know if I was in charge of a club I'd be saying don't speak about your injury on social media you leave that to the club yeah. so he's only created confusion here and speculation ah, probably just me that's done that to be fair um, Billy how big a blow is his absence Kenny says he's not been in sparkling form recently anyway but is it, is it still a big blow yeah it's still a big blow and you've just answered my second point there <laughs> which was um, it's the social media I honestly think this is ridiculous and Cantwell's got a reputation for this beginning on social media and talking about things you know I just don't think it should be done it's okay you know if you're Sending love bombs, as I believe you young people refer to it. That's beyond me as well. <laughs> on, but you on, might be right. That on, might be something that's so young that even I don't know yeah, about. Well, yeah. Uh, maybe one of the grandkids told me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, th- that's okay if you send them messages about how great they are and how great they've been to him and so on and so forth. But it's club business how long he's out. Mm. You know, it should be sensitive information and you let the club. Yeah. The manager, first of all, or someone speaking on behalf of the club, speak about injuries, but you don't go on and discuss it. And to be fair, he's not given a time frame or anything. I think the, Hugh Keevans using the word love bomb has just thrown, the phrase love bomb has just thrown everything into a state of confusion tonight. But anyway, thank you very much uh, to Billy. Let's hear a bit more from Michael Beale, who is quite simply full of belief that he can turn the, forms, the team's form around, sorry, and get the fans back on side. 
I'm hugely confident that I thought the last game that we played there was no reason to lose the game I think I think there's a decision in the game that, that sends the game in a certain direction and it, it's regrettable we lost the game we could have performed better I'll own it the players have got to own it as well and now we need to show our worth in the coming months I don't think there's much time for talking now I think we need to we need to make it up to them on the pitch in performances and results I think that the fans are, are sharing their frustration and anxiety with the way the start of the season has gone. I think that's quite natural for any group of fans to show that. John is in Falkirk. Listening to the words of your manager there, John, are you as confident he can turn things around? Um, I'm probably not as confident, but for the very reason that there's a lot of Hughes mentioned there about the players not performing and the players not doing this and the players not doing that. But first and foremost, the players are issued tactics and those tactics that we have seen for the start of the season are pretty much non-existent. For example, I was in Eindhoven for playing Sifuentes wide right and asking him to defend against a speedy winger to back up Tavernier. We played against Celtic with four at the back, four mid, uh, three midfielders 10 yards from them. When Celtic were taking goal kicks, um, we were allowing Celtic to come to the halfway line so it's not so much the players that the fans are getting at. Yes, some of them are unperforming, but they're unperforming to roles that are alien to them. And that's coming from instructions to the management. There's no way that eight Rangers players decided to sit 25 yards for the goal against a poor Celtic side. They were told to do it. They were told to do it and try and play long balls over the top to have Dessers run on there when he's got no real pace. So... Michael Beale has got a lot to prove to the fans based on the tactics and the football that we're watching. And the players get cut a bit of slack because they're playing in positions that's alien to them. And that's the thing that's really frustrating to the fans. And that's what it was mainly directed at Michael Beale after that game at Ibrox against Celtic and not so much the players. I'd like to hear what Kenny's thoughts were on that firstly. Listen, I hear you, John, and partly agree in relation to, obviously, it is the manager's job to deploy tactics. Again, you've seen in the second half, that was quickly rectified with Kamar Roof getting in and around uh, Callum McGregor, the way Todd Cantwell did in the game at Ibrox at the end of the season, the game that Rangers won 3-0. Uh, I was a little bit surprised also uh, in relation to how they kind of set up in that first half to try and get after Celtic. Again, in the, in the manager and the coach's defence that, Players are allowed to take a bit of responsibility for themselves as well. And when they see something happening in game, you ha you expect leaders on that on that field, the players to to show a little bit of intelligence to do it. I mean, I just felt maybe a Raskin or a Ryan Jack could have jumped out onto a Callum McGregor to stop him controlling the game. You know, that might not be a tactic, but it was something that looked really really clear for me for the stand that uh, probably should have happened. But you know what? I get it. The manager and again, Michael will know this. The buck's always going to stop them. He's the one that picks the team. He's the one that's made the signings. He's the one that deploys the tactics. But at the moment, I think what Hugh's also saying is that the players, when they cross the white line, John, they, they, they need to be playing better. You know, that, I think that's there for all to see. Like, there's not, uh, as much as Rangers might not have performed great within the game, 
you had the, the, the decision that Michael was alluding to in his press, but you also had three chances in that second half. That's no down to tactics. That's no down to uh, game plan. That's down to Cantwell no connecting properly. It's down to Danilo no connecting properly. It's down to Lammers no shooting and trying to take the ball around the goalkeeper. So that's where I kind of look at it and think the big moments in that game, there's not a lot that Michael could have done in respect to that. But where John's correct though, Kenny, when Kamar Roof came off in the Celtic game, we have to keep going back to the Celtic game because it was the last one. But when Kamar Roof came off, the reaction of the crowd was hostile towards the Absolutely, manager. Absolutely, yeah. It's because they felt it was the wrong decision, you. Yeah. And they felt it was the wrong decision. Fans like John are saying he picks the wrong team to begin with, he makes the wrong substitutions, the tactics are unfathomable, and right now, Michael Beale can't do right for doing wrong. All I'm going to say on the tactics as well, by the way, we're assuming tactics we don't know what the tactics are we can watch a game and we can think that that might be a tactic but we don't know if, it, you know, if it's you don't players know. that are not carrying out yeah, you don't construction. know absolutely uh, John how important is tomorrow? well yeah, tomorrow is important um, and, and I think you know you, you, you touched on like Raskin and Cantwell now they get, to be fair they've no, they haven't kicked the backside since the start of the season compared to what they were last year now it might be an opportunity for us to see you've got nine new players Danilo is an example has not had a chance so if you're spending six million on a guy when's a good game to play him if you can't play him at St Johnston away well when can you play him you're playing against the bottom of the league club you know and this is what's this is what's ang- it's anger in the fans is the fact that yeah we've got players and, and, and Lammers in pre-season looked a decent player then we stopped playing him we tried this kind of mares we tried to accommodate Canwell and maybe now um, uh, we can't well be now and other players getting an opportunity, then we might see something different because we're looking at this side and it's basically, the Celtic game was, apart from the goalkeeper, which was a natural change, and the right and the left back with Barisic was injured, there was one new signing in that side. We're constantly playing with last year's team, yet we've bought nine new players. So as the manager seen the players that he went out and personally visited in Europe, Looked him in the eye, he's brought him back into the training, he's got them into training, he's went, they're not good enough actually. Is that the case? Because that's what the fans are thinking. What will, what will we learn about the team selection tomorrow? Or what are you looking for? I mean, can you expect a, a whole host of changes from the Celtic game? Todd Cantwell will need to be one, yeah, obviously. Of course, yeah. I, I think there will be changes. I think John again makes a valid point with Danilo. Uh, you know, Michael Beale has said they've had enough training sessions, they've had enough games, there's now no room for excuses to be made. So I think he commits a team to the part tomorrow who had better get it right, or for as long as he can, he'll be able to point to them and say, you are letting me down. Because we have said for weeks that Rangers fans don't feel like Michael Beale knows, particularly in the attacking areas, what's the best combination. So what is it? Is it? Is it, is it more trial and error tomorrow? Do you think he will have a, a clearer picture in his mind after the break? No, I don't think he will. And I don't I don't see how he can because you've watched... There you go, we're going to go back to it. There's been 40 sessions. You've watched these mm. players and uh, week after week, day after day, training, and, and you know their qualities. And by the way, you've also watched them pre-Rangers to actually then go and think they're good enough to come and play for Rangers. At this moment, there's none of them performing to the levels that Michael Beale or any Rangers fans would expect. And that's... 
I'm, that's not saying anything. There's probably thousands and thousands of listeners that are not agreeing with that. So no, I don't think he will know. I think he'll have in his mind that the front three, front four, front two, whatever he wants to call it, that he would like to play. And if they're playing at the top of their game, he believes they would be. But at this moment, there's nobody doing that. We've not seen enough of Danilo. You know, that's it. Six million pounds, we've not seen enough of him. Is there reasons behind it why he's not played? Because for me, it can't be because they don't think he's good enough. Mm. Because you've spent so much money on him and you've done your research and your homework and you believe he could really impact the team. So, there might be more to it. Thank you very much to John. Let me tell you about this before we take more calls. See, we have no such problem when we're phoning people to come on and rant and rave about their football team, but another call went to five rings today, which means we've gone a full week with no winners on Make Me A Winner, uh, which is not ideal. So let's forget about this week, move on to next week, where you could be taking home £72,000, £1,000 for every year that Hugh Keevans has been on this earth. He's 73 yet? I, I am yeah. oh, Never I'm mind nearly, Forget that Scrap That's tomorrow That's tomorrow off. That's next week <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't answer uh, All you have to do Is answer your phone Within five rings And say Make me a winner Nothing else Just say that phrase But you need to be In the draw You could be the next winner On Monday When we make the call Text yes to 61025 Y-E-S To 61025 Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com. Online entries cost £2. To phone, call 0330-8804523 and calls are charged at a standard rate as well. It is over 18s only and all the rules for this network competition are online. If you get the call after 3pm on Monday the 18th, answer within five rings. Say make me a winner. It is that simple but nobody seems to have cottoned on to it this week the 72 grand could be yours uh, the good news as well if you've entered since Maria won last Friday your entries are still in the draw so you don't need to re-enter but to everyone else text yes to 61025 0141 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Kenny Miller are in the building it's 0141 and Twitter as well, at Clyde SSB. If you'd rather send your warmest regards uh, over there, you can do. Where about you? What about you Celtic fans? What are you expecting uh, tomorrow? Is it a bit early to see Luis Palma, given his travels this week? Nat Phillips, might you see him from the start? Is there anything else uh, you're expecting uh, at home to Dundee? It goes down in that same bracket of fixture. No one thought that St. Johnson could pose difficulty. Uh, is that a sort of one-off? Is that in the past? Does the Rangers win give you the, the confidence and platform to kick on let us know how you feel about the game tomorrow Andy is next through in Bears Den no? hi Andy hi how you doing Pano you alright good how are you I'm good but I'm, I'm a little frustrated because all I've seen over the whole the international break on AJ's that I follow on Facebook is I know it's social media but still all this outrage and the, the people wanting to be sacked and out the door Already four games in, it's utter nonsense. It's so stupid. I'm getting so fed up of this this cancel culture. I almost this this stacking culture in football, where if you go on a couple of bad results, you maybe dropped a couple of points here or there, and and you're out the door. I mean, Rangers could lose three games in a row, and Celtic could drop points throughout the season. It's a whole season. Now you've got to give these time the the manager time. To do his job The point that I want to make out Make to a lot of Rangers fans Who probably don't know this I mean maybe they do Maybe they, they've just never actually thought about the numbers But since the Rangers were formed in 1872 
Rangers have had up till 2015, they've had 13 permanent managers. And I know there was two stints by Jock Wallace, I know there was two stints by, by Walter Smith. But 13 in over 100 years, and since 2015, we've had five permanent managers and people are calling for a sixth already. It's nonsense, it's stupid and ridiculous. The pendulum always swings from back back and forth for Rangers and Celtic. So calling for a manager's head after he's just decimated the squad and brought in players to suit his vision to come in and then go, hold on a second, well, what am I going to do with these players when the new manager comes in? It's, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm getting fed up of hearing these loud, angry Rangers fans when I think the majority are more silent, don't phone into the shows like this or don't engage on Facebook, don't want the manager to be sacked. What about what what about the what about the ones that actually paid their money to go to Ibrooks and left Michael Beale with one of the most vociferous receptions at the end of a an old firm game that we've seen in a long time? Are, are they are they okay? Are they justified to have that opinion? They're they are entirely justified to have that opinion. But what? But about it's not. It's other? not. That's the thing. You can't. You can't. No, on, this becomes on. where you can't hide behind and say, ah, you know, it's just people that phone in radio shows and it's just, it's just people on Twitter when it's like factually not the case. There's a lot of fans that would love to go to Ibrox and love to be have a season ticket that are on waiting lists that paid a lot of money towards Rangers. So it's not just the people that get into Ibrox. I didn't say it was. So what, so what have we now got a scenario where it's only... So somehow only the angry ones have managed to get their season tickets and there's all, no, all the happy ones don't no. have a season ticket. No, but I'm saying that the, 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 the perception that we get that every Rangers fan wants Michael Beale out the door comes from the loud, angry people. The quiet people don't necessarily feel the need to go out and, you know, stand outside stadiums and, and you know, it's, it's since social media has popped up, like, this is what changed, changed the whole sacking culture around managers. If they really want their manager out back in the day, they would literally need to go and stand outside Ibrooks and make a proper point. But now everybody can just voice their opinion on social media and if it gains enough traction, mm. then the, the board come under scrutiny yeah. and they don't just think, all oh, right, well, who's going to be the scapegoat? See, to be fair, you actually, actually don't necessarily disagree with that, but that's said as if we can somehow just put social media back in the bottle. It's, it's just it's just there, it's just a, a huge part of life and that is the way it is. You know, whatever the culture was when Rangers were formed in the yeah. 19th century, has quite literally no relevance to now, unfortunately. When it suits fans, they're quite happy to see managers out the door. I, I, I give you Paul Le Guin, Andy. I give you Pedro Cachinha. Uh, Kenny liked him, though. <laughs> it, you know, it's a fact of life that managers have a shelf life, and when the club suspects that the shelf life has reached its expiry date, out they go. And I go back to the game against Celtic at full time. Michael Beale read the room and he got himself up the tunnel as quickly as possible and then there was mayhem and the players got it, everybody got it. This is what goes on at Celtic and Rangers. When Neil Lennon had an awful season in what was supposed to be Celtic's 10 in a row season, he got to the point where one Sunday night he lost at Dingwall and he was out the following morning. That's just the way it is at the old firm. Yes, I do understand that Social media can be venomous, but the Rangers fans inside the ground, and you cannot say, ah, but they're loud. All fans are loud inside the ground, and they wanted Michael Beale to know they were disgusted by the result against Celtic, and therefore the pressure builds. 
And rightfully so. You know, they were right to, to, to vent their frustrations in that day. Like, and you, like, like every Rangers fan would have been disappointed at the end of the game and emotions are running high with those types of games. What's, what's, what's important after that is that you, you don't... I mean, I agree with Andy. I do agree. It's too early. You don't want to be a club that, again, mm -hmm. listen to the, 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 the fan. Listen, you have to listen to your fans because they're important, but you know what you're doing at your club. Michael talked about it in his press. They've got a plan, their party plan, between John Bennett, the chairman, between Biz, James Bisgrove, and between Michael Beale and the rest of the board. Rangers know where they're going. They believe Michael was the man. They gave him the job. It's not the time for knee-jerk reactions and going through, again, 10 years, like Andy's saying, kind of alluding to it. It mm -hmm. could be 10 years and 8, 9, 10 but did you not? did you not say no. at the start, you think he will... Pay the price if he doesn't win tomorrow. Yeah, again, but that's it's not happened yet, you know, and that's the, that's mm -hmm. the thing. If if it does, yeah, if Rangers can't be drop a points, can't be a million miles no, off no, the discussion. Then. No, but you actually are. Like, what a day! No, no, you are because if St Johnston, if Rangers beat St Johnston yeah. again, there's the fixtures. I, I don't care who, what Rangers team it is. Rangers should go and beat St Johnston, Motherwell, and Livingston in the next three domestic games. That is it, and this is not anything that's been new. Rangers and Celtic have to go and win those games. If you lose to PSV in the manner. Because, like mm -hmm. you say, PSV are a better team with more yeah. money and a bigger budget. You lose heavily, but it's the manner. Yeah. Like you say, it's five goals unacceptable. You then lose an old firm game, the first old firm game since at home with a depleted mm -hmm. backline that Celtic had. And then the, the fans voice those frustrations. If you then go and drop points to St Johnston and you find yourself, what would that be? Six points mm -hmm. back through five games. Range, Rangers fans will be absolutely up in arms. And I think it would maybe then lead the board to making a, a certain call. Is that the right call? Only time would tell. But at this moment, I, I don't want to see Rangers be a, a, a team that just starts sacking manager left, right and centre and they go through three managers over two seasons. Because that's where you're at if, if, if Michael Beale was to leave now. But at the I same don't time, think that's it. But Stephen Jett, hold that. Stephen Gerrard was given three years with no trophy. But at the Michael same time, Beale is strong favourite hmm. to go and lift the first trophy this season. But totally different level of, of expectation season. when Stephen Gerrard yeah, yeah. wasn't it? But it doesn't matter. Starting the position. But, but it doesn't matter. Michael Beale took over a Europa League finalist team. Stephen Gerrard took over one that yeah, was yeah. in the gutter. Totally also, different. Yeah. Michael Beale took over a team as well that were, like you say, they were probably built there to challenge more so than what. But it doesn't matter. It's still two years, Gordon, without a mm. trophy. Yeah, but the context, context, as there being another manager, maybe Andy knows. months away. The final of the Via Play Cup is mid-December. He's got three months to negotiate. And I'm sorry, but that is the way of the football world. You've been dumped yourself by clubs. Listen, they, they, you know they, where he is, but the, the bottom line is, whether he wins or loses tomorrow, I, I, I think it would, wouldn't be the right decision to get rid of him. But, but you think I'm it not would happen? That, yes, right, okay. I do. Uh, we'll leave it there because it's that time of the night already. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. And if you want to end the week on a high by beating Hugh Keevans or Kenny Miller at Beat the Pundit, you need to call before 7 o'clock. 01419511025. Get in touch. Tackle the headlines. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Friday night's Beat the Pundit always carries an extra significance because it can sway the week one way or the other uh, towards the listeners or the pundits but I think this week it's been mostly about the pundits unfortunately so hopefully we can change that tonight let's play Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football 
Andy won on Monday Simon won on Wednesday Gordon DL won 2-1 last night Oh, Honestly, the ugliest beat the pundit victory ever It was really, really grim stuff I'm hoping for a more uh, entertaining match tonight With Daniel and Clarkson How's it going, Daniel? Yeah, good, thanks Have you ever played before? No, no Good Another debutante, I like that You always do okay at home though? Just say yes I play along, aye. Good, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, you sounded relatively believable. Uh, heads, it will be Hugh. Tails, it will be Kenny Miller. And it is Tails, Kenny, up against Daniel in Clarkson. So what we're going to do here is give Kenny some greatest hits radio to listen to. Uh, and we'll turn it up nice and loud so that he can't hear us. Daniel, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. Just answer as many as you can. And pass if you do not know the answer, OK? Yeah. Who's got a better win percentage of Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers or Ange Postacoglu? Brendan Rodgers. Who left Rangers for Parma in July? Charlotte. Who's got the most points in the Premiership apart from Celtic? Barry. Who's the only Scotland men's team manager from outside of Scotland? David Boyce. Name, no, any, no. name any Premiership side who've scored the fewest league goals so far. East Fife's Trust Trophy opponents, the New Saints, are from which country? Wales. Okay, let's bring back Kenny. Kenny, can you hear us? Got us now? Kenny? Nope, still not. Oh, this doesn't there work. We there we go. Happy there days. Right, Kenny, 30 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. Who's got a better win percentage of Celtic manager, Brendan Rodgers or Ange Postacoglu? Ange. Who left Rangers for Parma in July? Cholak. Who's got the most points in the Scottish Premiership apart from Celtic? Motherwell. Who's the only Scotland men's team's manager from outside of Scotland? Pass. Uh, name any Premiership side who've scored the fewest league goals so far. St Johnston. East Fife's Trust Trophy opponents, the New Saints, are from which country? Wales. Who was the manager of Livy before David Martindale? Gary Holt. Have you done enough, Daniel? Oh, thanks. If I get the Scotland one right, I might be okay. You get an extra question. Yeah. What did you say for the Scotland one? I did say um, David Moyes, but I changed it to Barry Wilkes. Mm, I need to accept your first answer, unfortunately. I thought you might have done that, and I'm glad you were honest about it, because I couldn't remember. Um, better win percentage, it is Ange Postacoglu, 73 to 70. Um, so, Kenny got that right yep. he goes one in front you both got Cholak went to Parma so Kenny stays one in front you should hang your head and shame Daniel Motherwell have the most points in the Premiership apart from Celtic so it's 3-1 to Kenny the only Scotland men's team manager from outside of Scotland was Bertie Vokes yeah. um, maybe the, I never absolutely listened to the questions I, I think I that kind of happened to you both sort of which is maybe my fault um, name any Premiership side who's got the fewest league goals so far all on two Hearts, Kelly, St Johnston you both got it so it's 4-2 to Kenny you both knew that the new Saints are from Wales so you hung in there Daniel but he was just a bit stronger and a bit quicker because he knew Gary Holt was the Livy manager before David Martindale so it is a 6-3 win for Kenny Miller Hard lines Daniel Cheers, Cheers Daniel You're a Celtic fan though Daniel Looking forward to the domestic stuff Starting back tomorrow Yeah it should be good um, After the last game um, To kick on um, Hopefully we just wrote points At lunchtime as well Make it a bit sweeter at Park Good well, what a difference, It's what a difference That 90 minutes can make Daniel Because as you've heard In the first hour We're in full crisis mode Amongst the Rangers fans uh, you know, but everything for the last two weeks has has turned rosy for Celtic. Is this is it all on the back of, of what happened at Ibrox? Uh, I think it's I probably um, I mean, 
we went in with a pretty squad. Um, it just shows how kind of bad they, they really are at the moment. Um, we stayed in the test as a dog. That's you said earlier on. That back was the finish. They'll never play again together. Um, but yeah, it can only get better for us. Oh yeah, perhaps that's one way of looking at it. I think Daniel again, the line's a bit ropey, so we can't fully make it out. But um, Hatati being back, it'll be is that the obvious one to look out for tomorrow, Hugh. For sure, uh, the fans will love the return of Rio Hatati. Uh, they'll be looking to see if perhaps there's a glimpse of uh, Paulo Bernardo, maybe Louis Palmer. Although I think he's back too late from Honduras, but. Celtic have to be careful You know They've had Two weeks Of Loving the result At Ibrox And Loving the fact that Rangers have been the team That everyone has spoken about In a negative sense But Celtic have to be careful As Kenny said The last home game Nil-nil against St Johnson A quite dire performance So They have Mm. to beat Dundee And They've got a very Very difficult Introduction to the Champions League In Rotterdam Against Feyenoord On Tuesday uh, you know, two bad results. We'll be here next Friday talking about <laughs> Brendan Rogers instead yeah. of Michael Beale. Hey, listen, that is Glasgow. You just wonder with the with the reference to St Johnston, Kenny. You wonder if it's oh, you know that that's proof that it can happen and it might happen again. Or some people would go the complete opposite and say, well, Celtic are not going to have two of those off days against you know lower league te- uh, teams down the division within the space of a couple of weeks. So listen, we don't know. We'll find out which one it is five o'clock tomorrow. I'd be that way more inclined to <laughs> suggest that'll not happen again. Uh, at home, absolutely flying off the back of an old firm one. Uh, you would expect them to deal with Dundee tomorrow. Well, presumably, well, well, there will be options back in Hitati, for instance. I take it one game at a time, all the managers say, but with Champions League in mind, you then probably need him to get good game time tomorrow. Yeah, that's an He's not started well. He's had injuries. He's obviously, there was a, a bit of... He was left uh, out the first game. He was left out. Yeah. I think it, it, there was a bit of chat about contract and he's not wanting to sign and all this kind of stuff. But listen, he's a, he's a big player. He has been a, a strong player for Celtic over the last 18 months or so. So the fans will like to see him back and they want to see him playing back at the top of his game the way he was the first half of last season. He'll be there until January, that's for sure. So he might as well get the smile back on his face and see what he can offer to the team. Um, the, the fans will be interested in looking at him and seeing is he still enjoying it being a Celtic player. Uh, let's hear from Brendan Rogers, who says he has a decision to make on Luis Palma. Uh, the winger only returned from international duty today. Uh, he's also backing the rest of the squad to keep getting results despite injury issues. Yeah, not, not so much headaches, just things to consider. You know, Luis Palma, what we have to do, we look at that. You know, there's a long ways travel, but uh, but there's lots of games for us uh, that the players will be involved in. They just have to make sure they're ready. Now that's that's the key, and I think you've seen that. You know, with the players so far, we've we've had players missing, like you say, but we've we've won three games and drew one game, and two of those games have been away in, in real tough venues for us. So uh, so the players have shown that they're they're training well, they're working hard, and when they're asked, they they know they need to be ready and. It'll be, that'll be the case going forward. I don't think Lili Palmer will have no. any part to play. If you look at what's happened to Lila Bada, who apparently came off a flight and was too quick to get involved in football and has now damaged his thigh so badly he's out for four months. Uh, on that basis, Lili Palmer has no part to play in tomorrow's game. You have to agree. And yeah. I'll tell you, it's a big loss of Bada. You know, I, I've, 
I'm a big fan of his, the way he plays, how direct he is, he's a real goal threat. So that's another one, again, that Celtic fans will be more on this long injury list that we were talking about earlier, potentially across the other side of the city. But there's one thing for sure, that back line uh, has mm. been depleted over the, the start of the season and now it looks like one of their main attacking threats is going to be missing for the foreseeable as well. Because here's one then, if does Nat Phillips come into the team? For sure. In place I, th- of who? I think it would be really harsh if he came in because there was a lot of chats saying he has to play, that's mm-hmm. why he's been signed. And I think he might have had a wee injury or something, yeah. maybe leading into the game, it's why he never. But after that, I mean, Scales and Lag would be helpless. And there was moments. There but... was moments. But I thought, if anything, Scales was probably the stronger of the two yeah. in the old firm game. And it's probably would be him that would be left out. Yeah, because uh, you, know, you don't sign a young player like Lager Bielka for a few million quid and not play him and then would you bin it off and, yeah. but then as you, as you say Scales doesn't deserve to go well, either does he but you know who said life was fair uh, and Scales would be <laughs> the one that he'll be the one to drop out think so yeah I mean that I'm Phillips sure. only signed until January sure. isn't he I'm not sure we'll find out what about Paul who's on the line Paul how are you hey, hi Gordon hi Kenny hi Hi. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow it feels like it's been an eternity since uh We've been, <laughs> been to a game. Uh, I'm mainly looking forward to the the game at Ibrits gave us a lot of kind of hope as in Celtic looked a bit more like we remember Celtic being last season. I don't think we played particularly great to be honest. Uh, but a lot better than the games up to that. And you could see a shape. You could see a bit of desire. Uh but I, I, I think that we do start we do start to drip feed some of the new signings into the team. Uh, I'm not sure scales will get dropped. I don't see. I don't. I, I think you need to go with performances. I don't think you can go with how much money you paid because at the end of the day, you can pay a lot of money for duds. Duds can get you mm. the, the bullet. But Celtic have got a lot of new signings as well, and like. I hear the Rangers fans complaining, saying that the basically this is the 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 signs so many new players, but no one of them was getting a game. It's kind of the same thing at Celtic as well. We've seen a lot of new players, but it was late on in the window, uh, and the injuries are bad as out. So I don't, I don't, I would hope to see. I want to see the boy mm-hmm. my soon. So the, the, I mean, well, I a bad injury is going to change that, isn't yeah, it? Because it's one less. Prominent option, so and not only for um, Palma, but also Yang and Tilly. Oh, there are three new wingers there um, who have one less good option to compete with to get in the team. Well, you know, th- there'll be no Louis Palma because Brendan Rogers can't criticise Abada for doing what he did mm-hmm. after coming off a flight, and then it might be a different, it's a different scenario. Brendan Rogers himself, you know, Yang, could have ruled out. Yang will play because. They like him. And Maeda. And Maeda. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Q will go, obviously. Uh, Paolo Bernardo, I think the fans would like a, a, a glimpse of him. Uh, I, I don't see him starting the game. Hatati definitely starts, assuming he's 100% fit. Uh, I, I earnestly believe that Liam Scales uh, will have his moment at Ibrooks in his mind for a long time to come, but he won't get a game tomorrow because Nat Phillips will. Uh, Brendan Rodgers' obligation to make sure that Celtic win the match first and foremost and he's looking for indications of who's going to suit him in Rotterdam on Tuesday and 
he will go with Nat Phillips in Rotterdam and not Liam Scales. So Nat Phillips will play tomorrow. Mm, he's so, f- so fulsome in his praise for Liam Scales though after the game, wasn't he? What sort of message would that send? And rightfully so, because he was. It was, it was a really inexperienced partnership at the, the heart of that Celtic defence. Uh, and, the, and they kept a clean sheet at Ibrox in, in their biggest test over the course of a domestic season so uh, I think it would be harsh listen, like Q says, it's not fair in football there's, there's decisions made for a number of reasons by the way, maybe he'll play maybe he'll play Nat Phillips tomorrow and play Liam Scales on Tuesday you know, you just never know I genuinely thought that Lager Bielka looked a little bit shakier than what Liam mm. Scales did and that might be natural the fact that he's only came to the club Liam Scales has been a, a, about the, the club for a long long time and he's been league. about our game as well and he's had a good loan spell last year as well so he's going to be far more familiar with what that game was going to be bringing the opposition he was going to be facing I, so, don't, I, don't, I don't think Lagabielka has had a convincing 90 minutes mm. since, since he joined Celtic but no, I don't, think, another... yeah, I don't think anyone's disagreeing, but it's just such a. I mean, how, I mean I think literally, that, how many 90 minutes has he played? I actually think that feeds into why Rangers fans are so angry. The fact that there was that type of backline they're placing, and you've already talked about the backline that finished. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, again, we'll go, <laughs> it takes time. The same applies to the Celtic new signs that it does Paul, for the Rangers. Does, does a game like this, that, does it hold any fear? I think it's got to be too strong a word, but. Any apprehension because of what happened against St. Johnson, or you know, is that a bit of a one-off? Does the the confidence and the boost from the Ibrooks win does that does that change everything going into tomorrow? Because Ange Postecoglou's side, and I know everyone hates the reference constantly comparing it, but that that was the the thing, wasn't it? When teams came and sat in, it didn't really matter, and that that team knew how to pick them apart. Is that going to be the challenge tomorrow? Yeah, well, we've done. Do you get any sense? They'll just sit in. They'll just. <laughs> With, uh, with St Johnson and that, then I'm not. I can remember St Johnson being a, a really big physical side, uh, but that should be nothing to do with better football players should be able to work their way around it. But I do think the St Johnson game, Celtic missed a good few sitters, to be honest as well. So I'm hoping that that was a kind of. I'm I'm hoping that that, that period, uh, Brendan Rodgers try to put his stamp in the team and I think a lot of them looked out of sorts that they didn't know where to go I'm hoping that that's it the, the, the performance at Ibex is the start of him starting to mould the team a bit and put his kind of his stamp on the team to take him away from uh, Ange uh team but I'm I'm not worried uh, I'm not worried of Dundee sitting either to be honest I think that we can't, I don't. I don't think we can have too many performances that we had against St Johnson. And I think if one of them had won, I think we would have won comfortably. But uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't see it being a, a problem. You know, Matt O'Reilly was the main sinner against St Johnson. Uh, I said at the time, and I repeat, he's a, he can be a lackadaisical finisher at times. If he'd finished off three chances, he'd had a hat trick that day. And then he goes to Ibrox and had, for me. He was good, wasn't he? His best game in a Celtic jersey. So, how do you figure this stuff? From one week to the next, he misses three sitters, goes to Ibrox, and he's outstanding. But there's no excuse for Celtic. You know, we've, we've gone on about Michael Beale and Rangers and what's going on. There's absolutely no excuse for Celtic. They're at home, 60,000 fans. They've got the multi million pound squad. They can bring in Paolo Bernardo or whoever they like. Uh, and they're playing a Dundee side that you know Tony Doherty will do what he feels he has to do to protect Dundee, but there's 
Absolutely no excuse mm. if Celtic drop in. Because we, we, we fascinate ourselves on the end of the transfer window and need new players, and I accept that it is about strength and depth. Of course, it is in options and making the subs and then you know fighting on a number of fronts. But as an example, if Paulo Bernardo was to come in and start tomorrow, that would mean Hatati O'Reilly or McGregor doesn't play, which is you know unthinkable at this point in time, is it not? It has, and I just I think Celtic's like recruitment drive is was completely different to Rangers. You know, Rangers needed to sign starting footballers. Yep. Celtic had pretty much everybody outside Jota uh, available of a treble winning mm-hmm. team. You know, and subs to match that as well. So I think they needed to refresh. I think they have signed probably a lot of a lot of projects, if you want to call them that, and guys with with real potential that could be kind of big Celtic players for the future. So I think their need for starting footballers was not as great as Rangers. But you're right. If uh, if one of those players plays, I mean that's just where like the winger position is obviously one that we are bad at being injured. There is a real opening for one of those guys that you mentioned, Gordon, to really take that to take that position and make it their own over the over the next few months. Thank you very much to Paul. It's a good time to call. We'll try and get you on next 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 01419511025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans are in the building waiting patiently on you on 0141951 That's the number you need. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB as well. Let me give you the following question though. The full time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Score winning wardrobes at their new trade counter at Colville's Road. Right, got a question for you on the full-time teaser. Thanks to Michael Donati for sending this one in. Um, since 2012, 10 players have been capped for Scotland um, whilst at Rangers. Can you name them? So, since 2012, 10 players have been capped for Scotland whilst at Rangers. Can you name them? Ryan Jack? Yep. Yes. Barry McKay? Yep, take one more guess from you, Hugh. I think you'll squish these, especially with Kenny in the, in the building. Hugh, one more guess from you. Well, let me d- run that question. Since 2012, right. 10 players have been capped for Scotland men's team whilst at Rangers. Ryan Jack, he got, he got on the other night, didn't he? Yep. Yeah. And I raised the last bit of the game from my memory. Uh, Barry Mackay. Patterson. Yes, I think he got a cap, didn't he, whilst? Did he get a cap while he was at Rangers? Yeah, I think he did. Double check. It's all it's on the list, but just yeah, the way it was written's kind of confused me a little bit. Anyway, an away we'll, game. Yeah, I remember it had an outstanding contribution yeah. away from home. Sounds good to me. Right. Okay. We'll get back to full time at Clyde One dot com. That's the address that was sent in by uh, that was used. Sorry to send the question by Michael. So thanks for that question, uh, and keep your calls coming as well if we can. Uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's games or anything else that is on your mind. As an aside, Hugh, um, what did you make of that? You know, English football popped up on the screen there. What about Ange Postacoglu who'd been nominated yeah. as FIFA's top coach award? Because, I mean, presumably that's just on the strength of what he did at Celtic. He's only well, been at Spurs yeah. a couple of weeks. He's already said himself today, I believe, that he would uh, dedicate the award to Celtic if he were to win it because what do we have to go on at Tottenham? He's made a very, very good start. He's second top of the league. He's the manager of the month today. He's 
you know, clearly the golden boy for the Tottenham fans. But I think for me, Gordon, it proves that when you go from our league mm-hmm. to the English Premier League, it sprinkles a little stardust on you. And he wouldn't have been nominated had he still been the yeah. Celtic manager. Yeah. But he's at Tottenham now and he's got the, that aura of English yeah. football. You have to assume that is the case, Kenny, just because, well, Brendan Rodgers won an invincible treble, they didn't get those types of nominations, but he can't have done that good a job. It's, I mean, I don't even know, I must admit, when the voting started for this, but let's assume it wasn't yesterday. Um, so this this kind of has to, yeah, as he said, he'll dedicate it to the work done at Celtic. So Quite rightly so, because yeah. that's why he's, he's nominated it's by winning a treble. Because we, we don't tend right. to get that recognition here. Then. Not at all, and I think the fact that he's went into Spurs and started started pretty well and you can see that same that type of pain and exciting football that it's maybe just propelled them more into the thinking for those types of nominations Stardust mm. mate that's what it is English Premier League Stardust Welsh now <laughs> <laughs> anyway right let's bring in Paul and Giffnock how's it going Paul yeah good Gordon evening guys how you doing good all good in here Paul what's on your mind tonight great um, just a point to the panel about Celtic's away record in Europe over the last 20 years mm-hmm. I can count on one hand, um, Lazio, Anderlecht and Spartak Moscow, that might even been, you know, longer than 20 years ago. Um, in terms of results away in Europe, how do we improve? What's Celtic's best approach? Do we need to change something? Is Brendan going to learn from past mistakes in his previous campaign? I know Big Ange obviously had his mantra and it was attack, attack, attack. But when we're away from Europe, come home in Europe, it's a pot four side in the Champions League. Not we, just the... Rangers... Not, not just away from home. Brendan Rodgers had six home matches in the Champions League as Celtic manager. He got one point. And did win away, which was the Anderlecht yeah, game. Yeah, but, but there have been some real sore faces, and Paul will remember, you know, Paris Saint-Germain, 5-0, then 7-1. Barcelona, 7-0. Uh, I don't think he can change overnight uh, because he's lost Carter Vickers, who's a massive loss, Navrotsky. Uh, you know we didn't see enough of him to know how big a loss he will be but there are defensive problems Nat Phillips uh, you know he'll no doubt be a decent acquisition but is he up to Champions League speed I think Celtic are up against it uh, straight away Rotterdam Tuesday night Feyenoord 13 goals they've scored in their first four games in the league this season and uh, I think mm. Celtic have a very, very tough night to come on Tuesday, Paul. I just feel like we often go round in circles on this stuff, Kenny, because the argument ends up getting simplified as if as if there's a silver bullet, right? And those teams that Hugh mentioned, sometimes, depending where they're at it, PSG, Bayern Munich back then, do what you like, sit in, attack. It is not making the slightest bit of difference. Yep. That's the sad reality of where we are now. There will be loads of other... Opponents within that Celtic played Shakhtar Donetsk last year And RB Leipzig They'll play Feyenoord this time Good team as Hughes pointed out But not yep. Elite You wouldn't say in And terms Lasso of, who they did beat In terms of, in terms of the pot, pot one sides But yeah It feels like people always think Oh well if we just do that You know if we just sit in a bit more or if we just, I, th- I think what you need to understand to is When you're playing Champions League Everybody's a good team And everybody's approaching it the same way Celtic will be approaching it We need to win our home games you know, so there's never going to be an easy game to get a result. And like you say, there is no magic formula to, to then go on uh, and guarantee a result. It just doesn't exist. Particularly, by the way, when Celtic are 
not going to be mm-hmm. going in with a full strength team. I mean, that's the first thing. You need to have everybody available, which Celtic aren't going to have. Secondly, you're probably going to need to defend for long, long spells. Mm-hmm. But what just so happens, that's where the majority of Celtic's injuries are. And then when you get your moments, you have to take them. That's something at home as well last season. Celtic bemoaned a lot yeah. of missed chances. So there is, there is a formula there. Defend well and that's take your chances. Yeah. You know, that's it. I, Unfortunately, I the chances are not coming as regular as what they do domestically. I look at Feyenoord... Atletico Madrid and Lazio and I think of three words trouble trouble mm. and trouble um, yeah, love I mean, the positivity ah, it's great enough <laughs> before it's even started um, I mean Paul how do you feel about it because as look, I know it's a completely different team and set of circumstances but just as somebody who's able to watch Celtic and Rangers for that matter in the Champions League with no real emotion attached Celtic created way more chances in the Champions League last year than I thought they would that's that, that, just, just a personal opinion he didn't take them. They finished bottom of the group, and then everyone says, "Ah, they were too open, and you know they, you know they, they need to start defending better." When I wonder if actually they just needed to score better. You know, as Kenny says, you'd kind of need to do both. What, what, what's your idea about what Celtic need to change? Yeah, well, do you know, I was in Madrid, um, and I was at the home game as well, and I, I loved watching Celtic play against that caliber of team and actually have a right go. Um, but I just think if you if maybe have a look at Rangers' record over the last twenty years, it far exceeds ours. And I just think that if we just take a, a more of a pragmatic approach, we might actually be able to show a bit of mm. dogged determination, maybe get a point or two away from home, which is what we need perhaps to finish third or second in the group. Can I also make a second point? Sure, before go you for it. It was just a, um, a wee personal thank you to Kenny Miller. Um, he, he's given me one of my favourite memories in football. Um, he, he might not thank me for reminding him, but it was Celtic 3, Benfica 0. At Celtic Park many years ago, and he scored two goals that night. I think Stephen Pearson got the third one as well. And yeah. it was um, a game that I was at with my dad and my brother And for one reason or another I didn't get to attend many games with the two of them together So it was just a really special night And just thanks to Kenny for providing that ah, He's always been a big favourite amongst the Celtic fans As our Kenny um, but look, You've tasted the Champions League success that, that Paul craves um, And yeah, it's, I suppose maybe it's because of the words These kind of generalisations or, or the connotations that they carry you know, Paul says pragmatic It just gives you these notions of Sitting back, being a little that, bit more defensive, um, I think that's what it is. But you need to be, like you've said, you could do that defensive approach, but not be very good at it, you know, and then still lose three, four yeah. goals. You need to be right at the top of your game. That, that's as simple as that. When you go away from home, because in that, in that, uh, in that campaign that Paul's just talking about there, it was Man United won, it was Copenhagen won, and it was Benfica won at home. But it was three losses away from home mm-hmm. that year, and and you went through, you know. So it was. Uh, there was a lot of good things within that, but it was a three, I think it was a three nil in Copenhagen, I think it was a three nil in Benfica, and it was a three two at Old Trafford in the opening in the opening game of the of the group. So you need to really everybody needs to take care of their home form. But what you've also faced, I mean, you're thinking about Atletico Madrid, this is one of the best teams in Europe. So they've got really, really good players. So irrespective of how you play, they're going mm-hmm. to have guys that are going to be able to open you up. The way we talk about our big two and domestically, it's up to us to go and open them up. So whether it be Celtic or Rangers, you have to go and open them up. It's your job to go do mm-hmm. it. Well, these guys, these teams have got the, some of the best attacking players in the world, you know. This is a, a slight aside. Take Ange Postacoglu as an example. This obsession that we get about style and how people need to maybe tweak their style, be more pragmatic, sit in more. People said, and we've just mentioned these coach of the year or whatever. Ah, when, when he goes when he goes down there, he'll need to be a bit more, well, you know, yeah. be a bit more pragmatic. But he isn't. That they, they don't they don't do that. Managers don't necessarily do that. They want to fine tune 
what they think they can and be good with, at. With and, regard to Brendan Rodgers, though, first time around as Celtic manager, he refused to compromise his principles. Mm -hmm. And he had Celtic playing in Europe, no matter the standard of the opposition, the way that they played mm. in their domestic Again, I, I keep saying this, right, and it's just because it's one personal example, but I, I think that's factually untrue because in the new Camp, when they got battered, I was there. He played five at the back, which he never did at home uh, domestically. Kieran Tierney played in the role that he now plays for Scotland. Lustig and Gamboa, I think, both played. Izagiri played. What, what, what do you... Is that something that you then look at retrospectively? Because what... What what tactic should Celtic have employed at the new camp that would have stopped them getting battered? That has to be the question. Well, I think Brendan Rodgers' record in general as manager of Liverpool and Celtic in Champions League football is is terrible. Again, but I know, but it's all this kind of general sort of broad brushing. Well, but listen, Tuesday night you can laugh all you like. Tuesday night in Rotterdam, mm -hmm. Celtic are up against it, and they will have to. No, no, no. But that's the thing. Nobody's laughing. What I'm saying is, if Celtic don't win. On Tuesday night uh -huh. Some people have already decided On Friday That it's because Brendan Rodgers Won't compromise his principles When the point I'm trying to make it There are a million ways To win or lose well, a football well, game Well first of all Then we'll wait We'll see which team selection is And how they are deployed But Celtic are very much The underdogs On Tuesday night And You'll have to be careful I think Primarily To avoid A sore one Is it more something You do sort of is it, is it all, it's about small tweaks, Kenny Because I've this notion that Celtic can Brendan Rodgers comes in They've never done it And then all of a sudden they go on Tuesday night And they chuck an extra defender in Or they suddenly play three at the back Or they suddenly play three holding midfielders That to me just seems reckless Because you've not, obviously not worked on it So yeah. is it just about tweaking one or two little things? I, listen, I think I think both in relation to Ange and, and Brendan I think they're, they're top, top managers and coaches that they will, irrespective of how it looks to us, and this is where we're talking, going back earlier mm. about the tactical side of football, we're only assuming or or that they're doing a certain thing or their players are given a certain instruction. There is no doubt that, that th in these games there will have been more a focus on what they probably need to do, how good they need to be without the ball because you're playing against the elite level opposition. Mm -hmm. Brendan Rodgers, you just says it, he's managed Liverpool. Like, there's no many guys yeah. who will get that opportunity. You have to be at the top of your game to get that. So there's no doubt he's, Brendan's going to be fully aware that where his weaknesses lie, mm -hmm. by the way, in that, in that back line and how it's not anywhere near his first choice. Yeah. So they're going to... You, you might see an extra guy back there. That will not That will not stop when Celtic get the ball, trying yeah. to play the is, way is that the, play. is that the challenge then of, of being Celtic or, or Rangers and flipping between domestic and European? Because tomorrow... That's going to be an entirely different proposition then. Celtic are going to be expected to pick their way through Dundee. Just a two-week international break where everybody's been away. They're going to play Celt uh, Dundee tomorrow. They'll probably cool down or whatever on Sunday if they're in at all. And then they fly out to take on Feyenoord. So this, where does this magical, radically different master plan come from? But this is what I'm saying. If you're prepared properly then you'll have already been working on certain things. Because like you say, it's not, a, it's, you say drastic, yeah, it's that's not drastic. Not, I'm not you know, necessarily arguing you know, with you I, on that, this yeah, idea that it might I, be something drastic. Yeah, but, I, but so it won't be. And it'll already have been probably pre-worked on. It's going to have been discussed about what they could potentially go on. For instance, Michael Beale was talking about playing a back three. Mm. If ever there was a game I thought he might have, it might have been PSV. And they never, you know, they never. Brendan did against Barcelona and still got absolutely... He still got a doing, you know, and he, and it was a more defensive approach by the by the way he set the team out. But just because he does that doesn't like you say it doesn't guarantee anything. You need a lot of luck, you know. You need luck. You need to defend well. Uh, 
as a group, not just your defenders. You need to defend well as a team. Your distances, your communication needs to be, and that's where again I'm going to go back to having obviously all your your first choice mm. available helps that. Paul, what are you thinking about tomorrow? Tomorrow, I'm looking forward to the club football being back. Um, really enjoyed the international break, but bread and butter tomorrow. So yeah, I expect us to go and take quite a few off Dundee. But it'll be interesting to see you know, teams come to Celtic Park domestically, how they approach the game. I'm not saying we need to approach a sign all the way the same way, but just having that pragmatic kind of let's get something from the game in terms of being away, I think it's really, really important that we get something Tuesday. And then um, that's my main kind of point. Nice to hear from you Paul I like it That was Paul from Giffnock What about your teaser tonight Can you name Since 2012 10 players Who've been capped For Scotland Whilst at Rangers You've given me Nathan Patterson Ryan Jack And Barry Mackay Which did, I thought was a hard one actually Did Cammy Bell get a cap? Uh, he's not on the list Oh John Suter Yes Of course Lee Wallace Yep And one more guess from you Hugh If you can I'll get back to We're you. halfway there Go on then Kenny One more Ian Black Yes Oof. Against Australia I think it was Wasn't it uh, Okay leave it there And we'll get the rest Of the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hear it Watch it Search the YouTube stream now Number one For football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Gevens and Kenny Miller are here. You can still join in on the phones or Twitter. Uh, let me quickly recap this teaser that you're going through tonight. 10 players since 2012 capped for Scotland whilst at Rangers. Nathan Patterson, Ryan Jack, John Souter, Lee Wallace, Sparry Mackay, Ian Black. Stephen Whittaker. Yes, he's 10th on the list, I believe. Stephen Esmith. No, actually. Did John McLaughlin get a cap? Mm, he's not on the list. Alan McGregor? Yeah. All right, two to get. We'll get them before the end of the show for sure. And we will leave it there. Uh, we've got a managerial debut in yeah. the top flight tomorrow. Nick Montgomery. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a bold move. He'll forever be lumbered with the Ange light. You know, because you take a manager uh, from the A-League bring them here, they'll all be expected to be like Ange. Uh, but, bold move, they're due getting one right, Hibs. Sean Maloney wasn't right, they get rid of Jack Ross too early, I think, perhaps, and uh, Lee Johnson was never convincing. But, it's at Kilmarnock, it's on that rotten pitch, uh, and we'll see how he does. I think it's Kenny, I don't, it's not to pick you up too much, but what what's not bold and what should we do? We just keep going, give the same guys same jobs and just hope for the best and you know see what happens. There's no guarantee. It's as simple as that. Uh, what's important again? I, I say that every time a managerial appointment comes in, that the boards of the club or the decision makers of the club actually understand what they want, and you know, mm -hmm. and go and find the right guy, go and find the right fit. Whether it's someone for the A League and it's a bit of yeah. a, a kind of a bit of a surprise appointment or whether it's someone who's coming in who's, again, like a Giovanni Van Bronckhorst who's been successful, yeah. he's been successful as a player at the club, he's had the success as a manager and then comes and doesn't really hit the ground running in the way I, his fans expected. You know, compa you know? Comparing a man to Ange Postacoglu is pointless. It's you know, mad. But, but at the same time, should we at least now, should we at least let Ange Postacoglu be a lesson to any of us who needed it forever that 
if you are good, a good coach, you don't need to know the league. The guy yeah. arrived here from the other side of the planet, didn't bring any of his own coaches for the first few press conferences. Oh, what do you know about Hearts and what do you know about this? And the guy's just a very good manager. Is he? And he's then gone off again without much of his own staff. And, and, and you doing know it what I think was important in terms of Celtic is what's going on in the backroom at Celtic. There's been a consistency there with like, like John Kennedy and I think Stephen McManus was involved at the time. Uh, Strachan's in there as well. So there's been a good Darnold Day's also in there as a as a guy expert. So they've got a, they've got a decent enough structure behind the manager there as well. Not just in terms of his immediate staff, but guys that are behind it as well, mm. working with their B team and their their 18s and things like that. So there's a decent enough structure there to help any new manager got, come in. They've got decent players, Hibs. You know, they've, they have, they've, yep. got, they've got Martin Boyle and Delaventi and, and uh, I love Yuan. Uh, they, they have the makings of something, but under Lee Johnson, it was never convincing. So Nick Montgomery will come in and he'd just love to hit the ground running at Kilmarnock. I love this. There's a, a nice reunion because Derek McInnes is looking forward to a reunion. One of his last meetings with Nick Montgomery was in the Battle of Bramall Lane. Have you seen this? If you've not seen it YouTube it when the show finishes right um, because it was a game between Sheffield United and West Brom three red cards match abandoned people couldn't continue it was while Derek McInnes well he'll tell you yeah, I don't. I won't spoil what he's um, going to have to say but he says it's a match that he still can't quite believe to this day I remember getting head butted I remember <laughs> scoring the best goal I've ever scored nobody really talks about the goal they always talk about the head butt it was just carnage it was an, an unsavoury uh, afternoon for English football to be honest um, Nick I think Andy said that he was an unused sub in the game but in terms of the carry on on that, that day it was awful you know, and we we were just the opponent we weren't the part of it it was all getting played out by Sheffield United and it was really unsavoury, very unusual. Um, the fact that I still get asked about it tells you how unusual it is, but I felt for the referee, Eddie Wilson home, and at the day he was, we were trying and pleading him to make sure the game get finished, but the antics and carry on for that lot uh, allowed it to, to be um, abandoned. Have you spoken to Nick since, or tomorrow the first time you've seen him since no, that day? No, no. I think the last time I've seen him we were, we were all fighting in the tunnel. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, no, nah, I'm joking. No, I haven't. Obviously, I knew he was operating down there in, in Australia and, and doing well. You know, I think he deserves this opportunity, clearly. So he's obviously impressed the board and, and what a fantastic opportunity he's got. So look forward to catching up with him tomorrow. I mean, he's a proper headbutt on Derek McInnes, by the way. Not one of these, like, no, going no, nose to nose. Oh, headbutt, sorry. <laughs> proper. And from what I can gather, like, Terry McInnes is sort of minding his own business. He's, like, talking to the ref. The guy comes over from quite a distance away. You see McInnes getting that he's got the cut eyebrow he does it as he says score a cracker I'm just re-watching it um, in front so there we go Hugh I wonder if they'll if we can, chat to each other about it tomorrow if you can still remember the referee's name all these years later yeah uh, it must have been quite an afternoon I'll need to get a grandchild to YouTube yes you can indeed um, I was going to ask you Kenny what the biggest rammy you've been involved in but I think you know the answer when Hugh and I were there oh yeah you would have been that <laughs> yeah. Motherwell be a little Mojnigate yeah, yeah. that's it you yeah, get right. any worse than that no was that no, the top that was, that was definitely the worst yeah. that was also at a point we thought nothing else can happen here surely and then off we popped what well, I interviewed Bilal Mojni a couple of times and thought he was just a really lovely big guy was that people yeah. always say that is that yeah. the reality yeah but just, just a mad switch lost the plot yeah all the crazy the ones I've ever known have been Aye. really nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> All the crazy ones on the park. Really nice off it, but something happens when they go on. 
What was he like after it? Like apologetic or just mm. still head loss? Can't remember. You head loss as well. It was a wee bit. I never quite got to the level of Bill did right enough. But no. I, it was uh, it was carnage. Absolutely. Jeez. You know what? It was more even just this whole situation that, that we probably found ourselves in. Yeah. You know, as a as a club and. Uh, I mean, losing the game in that that manner, it was uh, yeah, no good enough. Yeah, it wasn't quite the battle of Bramall Lane, I have to say, but um, I don't know. You can share your if there are any other games that it's come a close. At Fir Park, ah, there we go. <laughs> don't mind that. Uh, you can send them into us. But speaking of Fir Park, do you like that smooth yeah, transition? Yeah, yeah. Two teams flying at the start of the season: Hugh, Stephen Robinson, Keith Lasley, Charles Dunn, yeah. all the other ex Motherwell employees yeah. heading back there. Should be a cracker. Well, level. Charles Dunn in particular because uh, he was the cause of uh, some controversy uh, the last time the two teams met, and uh, you know. The, We'll have to get that bad mm. blood out of the way and focus on the football. Motherwell under Stuart Kettlewell have started the season in magnificent fashion. They're at home. I fancy them strongly, so that's your nose put out joint straight away. It's died down a bit now, the links, though, because Trevor Carson's gone. Uh, Tony Watt is not there on loan anymore. Declan Gallagher's away. Yeah. Richard Tate retired, so the, the, the links between the clubs diminished ever so slightly, Kenny, but... Two teams have made a real good start to the season. Really positive again. I mean, St Mirren just you know, carrying on the good work they've done last year, getting in the top six. And Stuart Kettlewell carrying on his good work. You know, there was a lot asked them. Could they then go and replicate that form that they finished? And they lost, obviously, big players. And obviously, in Van Veen, a lot of goals went out of their team. But the start of the season, they've been outstanding. So, yeah, it'll be a really, really good game with two teams right at the top of the league. Marco Hara injured, of course. I think he's still injured, isn't he? Um, it's interesting to hear Stephen Robinson today talking about Keanu Bacchus and Ryan Strain keeping their options open with their contracts up at the end of the season. He says the club have made contingency plans, but is that is that just an inevitability? That, you know, a club of that size, you want to protect everyone on long-term deals, but you get a guy like Bacchus that's been at the World Cup and maybe assessing options. It, it will be. I mean, I, was, I think he was... It was linked by a few moves over the summer because he did have a really good first season across here in Scotland. Ryan Strain has been, for me, he's been absolutely modelly consistency since Great, he came in. He's a really good player as well. I remember him for, uh, for my time in Australia. Really good player, solid. Like He's a 7 out of 10 every week. So you can understand why when they make these moves, they've got the hope, these Australian lads, have got the hope that they can eventually maybe move on and find themselves in England. So that might be the... Obviously, the reason to maybe be a little bit hesitant to, com to commit to a new deal, which, listen, you can't blame them for that. Yeah, looking forward to tomorrow greatly, a six-hour special on Clyde One Super Scoreboard because of all the games. Andrew McLean is looking after you, um, but I'm sure you're in for a treat, nevertheless, because there is so much going on. Right, can you name 10 players since 2012 capped for Scotland whilst at Rangers? Nathan Patterson, Ryan Jack, John Souter, Alan McGregor, Lee Wallace, Barry Mackay, Ian Black, Stephen Whitaker. Thanks again to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Bride for helping us out with the question as well. Hugh? McCrory? No. Kenny? Davy Beer? No. No, just messed up. Two sneaky ones, these. Are I have they? to say, yeah. Oh. Uh, How sneaky? Ugh. Jason Cummins, did he get Yes. Yep. No. Yeah. Hungry, 27th of March 2018. Remember that? Nope. No, me neither. No, I do actually. Um, so now this one's really sneaky then, is that? Just because it was that, remember that mad double header, Mexico and Peru. Hmm. Oh, oh no, I do remember that. Was actually, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of random caps given out. Yeah. But right. actually this guy, this guy... So that was, that was about two of them, what, seven, 18. 18 as well? I'd actually say this guy wasn't as random as some of the caps that were given out on that, that trip, but nevertheless... 
2018. Give his clubs. Go on in. Former clubs. Motherwell. Sheffield United. John Flynn. Brighton. No, no, he wasn't there. Jamie Murphy. Jamie Murphy. Oh. Jamie Murphy. There we go. Thank you to Kenny Miller and Hugh Keevans. Thanks for your company, your calls, your tweets. It is much appreciated. Thanks to those of you who are continuing to watch on the live stream as well get used to it now I feel like I'm very rarely referencing it anymore but we much appreciate it and we are back tomorrow like we said with a six hour special Andrew McLean will be in the hot seat Hugh, Mark and Gordon in the studio and the top team out and about around the grounds as well so enjoy the rest of your weekend I personally will speak to you Monday but plenty more to happen before then and George Bowie is up next on the GBX